Well, here we go again, back into UAW talk. Enough on Israel, enough for the moment on taxes, although the, the, the texts and the calls keep on flooding in, which I love. We're lucky enough to have um, Brianna Noble join us, the auto and business reporter from Detroit News. Brianna, how are you this morning, this afternoon, I'm rather? Doing, I'm doing well, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah, listen, this is a subject now that everyone's been covering all day, every day. When I was on, I had to do it almost every day. This situation, you would think at this point now, six weeks plus in, would be resolved, but it's it's taken a turn for the worse. Give us the latest. Yeah, so today the United Auto Workers uh, called out uh, more than 6,000 workers over at Sterling Heights Assembly Plant, which is a Stellantis plant that produces the Ram 1500 pickup truck. That's a huge moneymaker for the company. So this is definitely a major escalation in this strike and just underscores um, really the statements that UAW President Sean Fain discussed on Friday about um, the sort of class warfare that's being waged um, through these negotiations. Brianna, has, has did Sean Fain, and I did not see this Friday's uh, Facebook Live, was there anything that he pointed to with Stellantis specifically that was a sticking point beyond kind of the, the kind of platitudish version of, you know, class warfare? It, what is the actual hump they're trying to get over? Is it a few specific bullets at this point? Yeah, based off the details that uh, Sean Fain shared on Friday regarding the uh, negotiations and the economics of the deal, he pointed to a number of things while Stellantis did move on things like increasing wage um, increase offer um, and bringing Mopar uh, parts distribution workers up to cost parity with production workers. Things that he said still aren't up to snuff is their cost of living adjustments offer. Um, they're still at four years timeline to get to the top wage, whereas Ford Motor Company latest offer is three years. Um, and then today on the picket line, UAW leaders, including UA Vice President Rich Boyer, emphasized issues like job security is continuing to be a sticking point. A big thing for Stellantis was its decision in February to idle the um, Jeep Cherokee plant in Belvedere, Illinois, and the union would really, really like to see a new vehicle at that plant. Wow. And a couple of weeks ago when I was interviewing somebody about this. Stellantis was the one that seemed to have made the most progress and had been the most transparent with Fain and his representatives. And they seem to be, uh, have a stranglehold on this as if they were going to come to a close before the other two. And, and now is there a new leader in the clubhouse in terms of being the closest of the big three to striking a deal and getting their people back to work? I mean, clearly we have some of the largest, uh, uh, most important plants now on strike at Stellantis and, and Ford, you know, so the pressure is definitely on at them. Stellantis, honestly, in a statement today, uh, expressed, quote unquote, outrage over the um, move by the union, uh, given the discussions that they've had um, you know, over the weekend and last mm -hmm. week with their increased offer. Um, so, you know, the pressure is on tomorrow. We're going to hit 40 days of this strike. That's the length that General Motors workers were on strike back in 2019. Right. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the company, the union's definitely putting as much pressure and leverage on, on the, those three companies as they can right now. So, Brianna, I know how close you've covered this. And, and naturally, as a person outside the big three, I don't even have family that work for the big three. I only know what I know from reading. And it's hard to, to pick up on what 
maybe notions of, you know, discontent within the UAW even. When I read a, a paragraph that includes Sean saying the UAW still has quote unquote cards left to play, that that actually seems a little gameish to me. As if to say, listen, we're not done with you guys yet. We still have a couple things in our back pocket to make it even worse. Is has there been now feelings of even UAW people going, we're taking this too far. At what point, the tipping point could have been two weeks ago by by many accounts. How does that mood seem now? You know, there's definitely some frustration, especially from workers who, you know, have been on the picket line for more than four weeks now. Um, you know, and they're being paid $500 per week, just a fraction of what they would usually make while working. Um, there's definitely, you know, economic pressures for it from there. Um but, you know, you still hear a lot from auto workers saying, hey, we believe in this union. We believe in these leaders that um, they elected and that, um, you know, they're looking to see the major gains from this contract. And, you know, UAW President Sean Fain did recognize uh, on Friday that the contracts currently on the table are record contracts, but they um, believe that there's more to be had from the automakers, and they have stated that their goal is to be able to, you know, take a strong deal from these companies and actually take them to foreign automakers and EV makers like Tesla to organize those workers. Wow. Okay. Well, Brianna, we appreciate the update. This is an, an ongoing, ever-evolving issue that doesn't seem to have any end in sight. And Dave, as we've discussed over the last few weeks, as I have filled in, I've listened to Paul's show a few times, Renwick's show a few times. Obviously, I'm working throughout the day too. This, this is starting to distinctly feel like a situation where they are just going to, they as in the UAW, led by Mr. Fain, are going to continue to just squeeze and squeeze and squeeze until there's nothing left. I mean, if it was a record, they had record deals on the table four weeks ago. What are they looking for? A Guinness Book record? You know, I'm not sure, and I I worry that um, he's going to uh, he's playing this 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 game of chicken with uh, the big three, if you want to call it that. And uh, I hope he doesn't lose. Yeah, eight hundred eight five nine zero nine five seven is the number. If you have input, especially if you're on the on the union on the on the labor side of this equation, it would be good to hear from some of you. One thing that those of us not in the business don't seem to understand is how far can you can push a company, so to speak, and you say record profit, profits should equal record contracts. Well, what happens when they have record losses? With so many people predicting, so many economists predicting that we see a recessionary cycle in the next half dozen years, if we go through another 08 where everybody made sacrifices, I hate when I hear that line, the UAW made so many sacrifices post 08. Yeah, they did. They all did. Because if I'm in a boat and it's sinking, and I say, hey, you know what? I'm the only one bailing water here. Why don't we both bail water and we, that we might not sink? They got the ship back afloat. But now the next time there's a flood, it might be just a boat that shatters into pieces. If you make those companies so thinly veiled with financial security, it could be enormously interesting. We only have a couple minutes left. Let's go out to Vince in Northville. Vince, what's happening with you? And what are your thoughts on Sean Fain? Hey, thank you for taking my call. My personal opinion towards Sean Fain is I think he's skirting industrial sabotage, okay? And he's, uh, what he's doing to the automakers. Look, I understand that the corporation guys are making what they're making, okay? That is never going to change. But what is what Sean Fain is doing right now is doing nothing but hurting you and me and every other individual that buys their product, okay? Mm -hmm. 
because we, you know as well as I do that any agreement that they get financially is going to be added on top of the car price, sure. okay? Because the company is not going to take the hit and say, well, we're just going to give you all this money and we're going to keep prices the same and we're going to take the hit. Yeah, Vince, you're, you got 100%. The legacy costs alone are half of what drives the car's price to what right. it is. This whole thing could be an absolute house of cards if they don't all get on the same page and knock it off. I'm, I'm with you. I'm shocked. We have time for one more. Adam in Dearborn, what's happening? Yeah, I've, I've been listening on and off for the last couple of weeks, but I've never heard anybody comment on uh, over the last, I don't know, I would say eight to ten years, they've been getting profit-sharing checks of eight to $10,000 a year, sometimes six. Are they giving those up, or do they get to keep those also? That's a good question, Adam. I will I will look into that and have an answer for you tomorrow when I'm back uh, for the other, Chris, for one more day. There is a lot to be said about how that environment works. And when really, if we're linking, again, record profits to record contracts, if they're willing to go up together, they have to be willing to go down together. Nobody in this environment can operate entirely risk-free. So it, it, it is an ongoing saga that never seems to want to end. And I think that's where... What's that, Adam? I'll wait till tomorrow to hear about that. Yeah, bonus money. We have more more calls and, and more text coming in. After the break, we will revisit both of these subjects. The UAW, certainly, uh, the, the disparity in income and, and the tax, what I call the tax fib of the, of the millennium, in just a few minutes. 800-859-0957. Right back. 